This episode focuses on acknowledging and learning about the indigenous people who lived in Santa Cruz long before it became anything else. It is really important to know about the history of the school you attend, and I learned a lot by just researching this episode. Many students know that the beautiful campus we learn on was home to indigenous peoples, but I feel like many students don't know anything about the tribe or any details about how UCSC became what it is today. The land on which we gather is the unceded territory of the Owaswa-speaking Yupi tribe. The Amamutsan tribal band, comprised of the descendants of indigenous people taken to missions Santa Cruz and San Juan Batista during Spanish colonization of the Central Coast, is today working hard to restore traditional stewardship practices on these lands and heal from historical trauma. What I just read to you was a statement recognizing the history and presence of indigenous peoples and their relationship to the land long before we ever arrived on it to go to class. That was the official land acknowledgement statement of UCSC, and it's designed to be read aloud at campus events in order to bring awareness to the colonization and subjugation that led to the eradicating of indigenous culture. In the mid-1800s, long before the first students stepped onto campus, the land, now home to UC Santa Cruz, was used as a lime kiln business. By 1884, Santa Cruz was one of the largest lime producers in the country. If you take a hike in Poganip, you can actually see the remnants of a lime kiln. I always wondered what the production of lime is actually used for, and it turns out that it's a big component used in construction, including the creation of cement and concrete. It can also be used as a fertilizer, helping yield more crops. But we're going back much further than that. People have lived in the Santa Cruz region for more than 10,000 years, since mammoths roamed the land. Before Northern California was forcibly colonized in the 1700s, it was populated by a diverse number of Native American tribes living along the coast in the creeks. These tribes, living from San Francisco to Monterey, belong to the Olone language family. People tend to refer to all the indigenous people along the west coast as Olone, but it's important to remember that there were many differences to these tribes, from culture and tradition to languages. The tribe specific to Santa Cruz was the Olonian tribe known as the Awaswas, and they spoke the Awaswas language. I believe that the Awaswas people must have been super strong, as the area of Santa Cruz County was a difficult environment to live in. It was separated from the rest of the land by dense forests and steep mountains with grizzly bears and mountain lions. The Awaswas people settled closer to the coast, where they established year-round villages and utilized the water for fishing and the land for hunting and agriculture. Living on the coast must have been beautiful, but it made the Awaswas people vulnerable to seaborne invaders, and the Spanish arrived, taking the land. This was the start of the decline of the Awaswas people. Many people were taken to various Spanish missions along the coast, and then, in 1791, Mission Santa Cruz was built in the Awaswas land. Any indigenous people who weren't already removed were gathered at Mission Santa Cruz and were baptized and educated to be Catholic, along with the population being decimated with disease, violence, and malnutrition. California was a part of Mexico at this time, and when Mexico became independent of Spain, the California missions ended in the 1830s. Some of the mission land and buildings were turned over to the Mexican government and was intended to be given back to the natives, but private owners ended up with the majority of the land. Local traditions, cultures, and customs were lost. In 2014, the descendants of the indigenous people taken to Mission San Juan Batista and Mission Santa Cruz 
formed what is known as the Amamutsun Tribal Band. Today, the Amamutsun Tribal Band are committed to restoring traditional knowledge, celebrating their heritage, and honoring and protecting their ancestral homeland. Now that we're familiar with the Amamutsun Tribal Band, I would like to talk about the American Indian Resource Center at UCSC. These two communities work together to foster indigenous knowledge and preserve the heritage of American Indian students. The American Indian Resource Center aims to promote the value of a college education for American Indians and to increase native visibility on campus. They organize many valuable and informative events. They offer scholarships and they're an amazing resource for students. I am super excited to announce that I have some very special guests for today. My name is Jensi Ortiz. I am the program coordinator at the American Indian Resource Center. I am a Northern Cheyenne tribal member. I use she, her, and Aya pronouns. And I'm also an alumni of UCSC. I graduated in 2019. I'm Amanda Collins, she, her, hers. I'm a fourth year here at UCSC. Um, I'm also a lead intern for the ARC and I'm a psych major with a theater minor. And I'm Mariah Kelly-Kirman. Um, I use she, they pronouns. I am a citizen of the Comanche Nation. Um, and this is my second year as a graduate student in the Department of History at UCSC. And then my first quarter working for the American Indian Resource Center. That's awesome. And um, leads me into my first question. What is the American Indian Resource Center to a student who's never heard of it? So the ARC is dedicated to supporting the needs of American Indian students and increasing native visibility on campus by advocating student-centered programs, cultural events, and tools for academic success and well-being. The center serves as a vital link between American Indian students, the university, and tribal communities to foster growth through mentoring, leadership opportunities, and scholarly development. The AIRC also serves as a supportive space for students to help ease the transition from home to campus life. So that's our mission statement. Um, that information can be found on our website um, if anybody wants to reference it. But I think Amanda and Mariah can give a little more insight into what it, the center means to them as students. Absolutely. Um, well, to me, the AARC is really such a valuable resource um, for myself and for other Native students who really often find ourselves like feeling invisible or out of place in typical academic spaces. Um, because in reality, these institutions were not created with us in mind, and it really reflects in the way that, that our cultural values are often um, not represented in these spaces. So it's really just a wonderful community within UCSC that helps to ground us in our cultural values and really to stay connected to our roots. That's awesome. The AARC sounds like a great community to be a part of. And that kind of leads me to my next question. How big is the Native American population on campus? So our campus is about less than 1% Native American as far as I know. Um, so, you know, ver we're very dispersed. It's a very small population. Most of the Native students that I know are from, like, work at the American Indian Resource Center. Um, sometimes they're involved in the other clubs, such as Sinai Students Alliance of North American Indians, which I'm also chair for, or like SACNAS. Um, but yeah, we're kind of spread out, which is why I think it's, like, more essential that we have the American Indian Resource Center on our campus, 
you know, to establish that even though, yes, our presence might be small compared to like other populations of students on campus, we're still very much here and we have people that have our backs and are speaking on behalf of us. Um, to Mariah's point earlier, also our center and all of the other resource centers, ethnic resource centers, were founded uh, by student activisms, but founded by students because the students felt there was a need for each one of our individual centers. Um, and the American Indian Research Center was actually the last center um, to be created. We were the last ones, um, so we're the youngest center. Um, but we just celebrated our 20th anniversary last year. Ooh. Um, where Where is the center physically located on campus? Uh, third floor of the Bay Tree Bookstore. Okay. <laughs> the Bay Tree Bookstore building all the way down the hall. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah, right next to the Career Center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if I could ask about the Prison Reading Project, what exactly it is and how we can donate to it as students. Um, Yeah, the Prison Reading Project um, is a small project that our center started, um, which is really just a couple of um, interns um, and Dr. H working together to send out books or readings um, regarding history of Native peoples, culture, language, art, um, about American Indian tribes to prisoners. people who are incarcerated. Um, Usually they're American Indian or they're trying to find out more about their tribes, but we get non-Native folks also um, who request materials and we're more than happy to share. Um, So we've sent books, um, magazines, DVDs, but more recently um, we found that we can only send like printed pages um, out of like poems or other readings. Um, So we've been sending those out more recently. So as far as donating books, you would get in contact with our director, um, Dr. Hernandez. Um, her email is listed on our website, but it's rhernandez at ucsc.edu. Um, and we have a, a, a little like mini library <laughs> of Native American readings or books and stuff like that um, in Dr. H's office. So she's also more than happy to lend out stuff if anybody's interested in learning more about a specific tribe or anything like that. Cool. I'll have to check out some of the books. And then, Jemzy, I believe that you're the program coordinator for the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls program through the AARC? Um, well... So we have an annual event call um, that's meant to honor the missing and murdered indigenous women and girls. Um, And I'm the program coordinator for all programs that we put on at the resource center. Um, So in a way, yes, but not, I do work on that event, um, but I work on all of the events as well. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you think you can tell me a little bit about what the annual event is? Um, Yeah, so the annual event takes place either on or right before um, or right after, depending on the actual day of May 5th. Um, That's the National Day of Awareness um, set by the United States government to honor missing and murdered Indigenous women. Um, At our center, we recognize that girls are also a part of this. So we say Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls or MMIWG. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so this is going to be our third year hosting the event. Um, And we're going to do it a little differently. We're still in planning 
the planning process of it all, but we'll be announcing soon and um, sending out flyers. So definitely stay tuned on our website and on our Instagram. Mariah is also a part of the planning committee, so she can speak more about the event um, or what it means to her. Yeah, actually attending um, the MMIWG event um, during my first year as a student at UCSC was the first time I was able to meet students from the Resource Center and to connect with um, Dr. Hernandez. Um, and it's just really a powerful, powerful event that, um, you know, it's highlighting something that is often really overlooked in mainstream media and the news. Um, and so I just, I'm really grateful to be a part of it this year and to um, to help spread this this valuable information um, so that we can continue to to raise awareness and to do something about this. Yeah, this event is really, really special and important to our team. Um, we started it in 2019 um, and it was founded um, by some former interns um, and one of our lead interns now, Sarah, um, and they just really were like, we need to do something and spread awareness on our campus about this because it was all something that we knew about individually, but we had never spoken about together. And once we started having that conversation, we realized like, whoa, like this affects all of us, all of the women in our family. Um, so it's very, very special event. Um, and it's it's definitely an emotional time. Um, so if, if you do plan on coming to the event, definitely plan to take care of yourself. Um, and well, we also collaborate with the CARE office on campus um, and they provide support to us and to any of our guests who need some one-on-one -on -one support. Um, so we'll definitely have more details um, at the events than before about um, how CARE can support you if you need help. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I'm definitely looking forward to hearing more about how it's gonna be put on this year in May. Yeah, um, we recorded the event last year, so it's on our YouTube um, channel if you want to check it out. Um, and our YouTube channel is just UCSC American Indian Resource Center. Awesome. And then I, in this episode, um, I talk a little bit about the Amamutsun Tribal Band, and I was wondering what connection does the American Indian Resource Center on campus have with the Tribal Band? Yeah, I could probably touch a little bit on this. Um, so there's some really amazing projects in the works between the Amamutsun Tribal Band and the American Indian Resource Center. Um, one, one collaboration that I'm a part of this year is the Amamutsun Speaker Series. Um, and so this is a series that was started in 2009 um, that serves really to address issues that affect the tribe, the Amamutsun, as well as the larger American Indian community, and also to strengthen um, the indigenous presence at UC Santa Cruz. And so it's a series of lectures, panels, um, and programs that really bridge the UCSC community with um, indigenous scholars, um, researchers, and just um, intellectuals who come to talk at this, this series. And so the one that will be happening in the spring will be a panel discussion between five current Amamutsun graduate students which is really amazing that there's um, currently five, five Amamutsun tribal members who are all doing great work in graduate school. So they're gonna be talking about their experiences as graduate students and also sharing some of their, their re research with us. So really looking forward to that. 
Yeah, that sounds awesome. Thank you. And then I was wondering if um, you can tell me a little bit about the student internship and if it's still still happening this year and like if it's for the whole year or if the interns are selected at the start of the school year. Just a little bit more about how um, students could get involved. Yeah, um, so we usually start interviewing students around springtime. Uh, that's when we interview the students for this upcoming academic year. Um, we send out our flyer on Instagram, and that's usually how most people are able to find the advertisement. And, you know, anybody who's currently UCSC students, or even we've also had some high school students who express interest and apply, and then they start, you know, they come to the school with the internship. Um, so that's how you can apply. And yeah, it's a, we've been doing it pretty much every year. We have a relatively small, we have a bigger team than we have in the past. We can have up to like from five to 10 people at a time on the internship. And it's a really great experience. You know, it like working here, it's really taught me how to collaborate, not only with like my other interns, but also with the other resource centers. Cause you know, we're all a big coalition. We try to support each other in all of our projects and talk about maybe some issues that affect both our communities. Um, and it's really interesting, just all the different kinds of topics and opinions that you can get from that. And it's also helped me, I think, with my own like journey discovering my native identity. Because before coming to UC Santa Cruz, like I knew I was native, and like that was something that was like brought up with my family, but I didn't really know much about my heritage aside from like going to powwows. So I think another really great benefit about being at the resource center is that you know you're going to learn so much about Native American culture, social issues. To like just by talking from your coworkers, just about the research that you do for all of your assignments, and that is most of what your assignments are, is you're planning for events, you're doing research so you can properly talk about, you know, these very um, intricate and complex like topics. And it really is to spread awareness to the majority campus community because a lot of these people, they're hearing about these issues for the first time and they're coming so that they can learn more. And we're very fortunate to have, we usually have very engaged audiences who want to interact with the material and really learn from us. So we're very fortunate to have that environment. And yeah, we have one, just one um, graduate student. Um, and Mariah can talk about a little bit of the work that she's been doing as the graduate student intern, because it is a little different um, from our from our undergrad interns. Yeah, so I, well, first I'm, I'm just really grateful for the opportunity to be a graduate student intern with the Resource Center. Um, I know, a lot of things had to align for this to happen. Um, so I'm, I really am grateful for, for the opportunity. Um, and yeah, some of the things that I've been working on this, um, this quarter so far are, we're actually working on a presentation about um, Native Americans in higher education. And so we can present that to some administrators to really um, emphasize the importance of um, providing for our Native American students, regardless of the small percentage of us on campus. Um, so I'm really looking forward to, to continuing to work on that. Um, I'm also helping out, like we talked about with the MMIWG event, um, and also another event that, that I'll, I'll kind of plug now <laughs> is IndigiFest, and we're gonna be holding that next quarter as well, which will be virtual this year, of course. Um, and it's going to be a compilation of 
cultural videos, like including songs, dances, drumming, um, artwork, all kinds of uh, really, really great things um, that will be submitted by Indigenous creatives. Um, so yeah, keep a keep an eye out for that. We're gonna get our our flyer out soon on the website. So. Oh, that's awesome. On that same train of thought, are there any more um, resources or, or events that are in the near future that students should be aware about? We have an Eventbrite page um, where folks can register for our events. Um, so we post all of our events up on there so folks can register. We also have a weekly newsletter that can, that promotes all of our upcoming events and other resource centers and other campus entities, as well as just native orgs um, that are hosting events. Um, and yeah, so folks can sign up for that to keep in touch with us. And we have Instagram, all the social media, um, so people can keep in touch. And if you can't make it to an event, we do record um, almost all of our events since we're virtual now um, and post them on our YouTube channel. So they're available for as a resource for you all as well. Um, and on our website, we also have a resources tab. Um, so Dr. Hernandez, our director is a resource for everyone. Um, we, we have a tab about the land acknowledgement. If you wanna learn more about the land acknowledgement that's right at UCSC and how to do that properly at um, your own events or programs. Uh, we have resources about MMIWG, some suggested readings, information about Native organizations that are in the Bay Area, um, and even resources for um, like grade school teachers. Um, <laughs> one of our interns, Sarah, she is our she's our webmaster, and she does a really great job at um, putting information together, making it accessible for everyone um, to continue to learn, um, as that's part of our mission. And then lastly, I was wondering if you could just tell me a little bit about the um, scholarship that the American Indian Resource Center provides for students. I think the application this year is closed, um, but it would be good for students to know about for next year. Yeah, so we have the EA Forsgren Scholarship um, available for students, undergrad and graduates, uh, students can apply, and it's for students, American Indian students, so you do have to be enrolled um, in a tribe or have um, proof of descendancy. Um, and it's, it's a needs-based scholarship, not a merit-based scholarship, so it's based on your financial need, not um, how well you're doing in school or anything like that. Um, so it's not competitive, really. Um, so just Keep an eye out for when the application goes up. It usually is fall or winter, um, and each student can get up to $3,000 um, in scholarship money. So it's really nice. Um, it definitely supported me in my undergraduate career. Um, and yeah, so that's our scholarship. If you have any questions, you can contact myself or Dr. H um, and ask. Almost everyone who applies who has those like um, who has that who has their necessary documents, um, they're almost almost everyone is awarded some um, amount. Okay, thank you so much, Amanda and Mariah. Thank you both. I'm really excited for this episode. I think that it's really valuable for students to hear about all the wonderful things the American Indian Resource Center has to offer. Thank you guys <laughs> so much for your time. Thank you, Savannah. Hope to see you soon. Yeah, it was great meeting you.
All right. Take care. Take care. This was pretty recent, so you may have heard, but in just 2019, UC Santa Cruz removed a memorial representing the Catholic missions, as it represents the violence and oppression Native Americans were subjected to. It was a big cast iron bell outside the Han Student Services building. These bells are actually throughout the state, memorializing the missions of California. The Amamutsun tribal band was requesting that the bell be removed for over a year, as it was a symbol of racism and dehumanization. To quote the chairman of the tribal band, he said, These bells are deeply painful symbols that celebrate the destruction, domination, and erasure of our people. They are constant reminders of the disrespect our tribe faces to this day. The Amamutsun people were forcibly removed from their land in Santa Cruz by Spanish missionaries. The Amamutsun were enslaved to help build the Santa Cruz and San Juan Batista missions. Denied land ownership after the Spanish conquest, to this day, the Amamutsun have no tribal land to call their own. This brings me to a very important end. The Amamutsun tribal band is asking the public to stand up for the protection of sacred lands. Huristak is one of the ancestral lands of the Amamutsun tribal band near Gilroy, California. The cultural landscape encompassing Huristak today is known as the Sargent Ranch. A San Diego investor group purchased the land at a bankruptcy auction and is currently trying to turn the sacred land into a 300-acre mining operation. The chairman of the Amamutsun tribal band states that the destruction and domination of Amamutsun culture, spirituality, environment, and people never ended. It just evolved to the destructive and dominating projects that we see today. The majority of ceremonial Amamutsun land has been lost to construction or development. Please help to save one of the last remaining undisturbed areas by signing the petition I've linked in the description of this episode. Thank you to everybody for listening to this important episode about the history of Santa Cruz land. Stay tuned for more Slugcast. And next time you're walking on campus, think about the people who lived and thrived on the land for millennia before you. <laughs>